Hi, this is Ricky Stewart, and if you want to listen to a Raiders podcast, then you should listen to the official one, Behind the Limelight, not this rubbish with Flaky Blakey. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork. It's Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. The podcast formerly known as the third most popular podcast brought to you from a filthy storm somewhere in the bowels. Should of be the third most popular, third most popular Raiders podcast. <laughs> third most popular <laughs> podcast. This guy's Joe Rogan, then something else. Then. And what's what, what could be the second? Is it uh, uh, Smartless? Smartless, yeah, probably Smartless. And we are brought to you with the dubious support of the Greenhouse and Landspeed Records and Audio Technica. Get your wonderful gear at Audio Technica. And we're joined by uh, a special guest star, Heather, Matt Hollywood Lenevez. Hello, Matt. Hi, g'day, guys. Hey, Tim. We miss you, Tim. Yeah. Um, so another another Porkless episode coming up tonight. Um, I haven't seen him since about fifteen minutes to go in the game against um, the Warriors. Now the rumor is he might have left. He might have done a Blake and might have just walked out. <laughs> but um... he said he said bugger this. I'm off to get a free Big Mac. And that was, the last, the other, that was the last I saw That's the other rumor is that the Macca's power play kicked in and he was running to go get his free Big Macs and hopefully spot Papa Lee in the drive-in. But um, no, I uh, I'm, I might have butchered that uh, opening. So we do miss you, Pork. You do a great job. Yeah, um, he'll be back. He'll be back on, next week. He will be back. back. He the... To my knowledge, he didn't leave. He didn't leave at full time. Uh, I mean, before full time. I'm, I'm assuming he stayed for the post-match presentation which i did a lot of people did leave matt with 15 minutes to go not everyone but quite a few people did leave with 15 minutes to go and look i imagine those were probably when you get a crowd of twenty thousand, not all of them are really going to be the most hardcore committed raiders fans a lot of but, kiddos too there might have been a lot of families trying to get home you know it's, it's it was it wasn't that late man it was six o'clock kickoff anyway that's an that's an i wanted finish. to beat the rush they wanted to some, be rushed. Some kids need but to get was... home to watch Bluey. But I, uh, I, uh, I, I have good word coming into my ear right now that yes, Pork was seen leaving the uh, stadium <laughs> pre pre end of game. So please, he show swears, your face, Pork. Show your swears, face. He swears that he that he never. No, apparently, actually, you know what it was. Apparently, um, the Porklet Pork Junior. He did actually tell me this, so I have spoken to him since the game. I'm lying. Um, Pork Junior wanted to leave early, but he insisted they stayed. And because Pork Junior was so upset about the uh, the result, the results, yeah. The, I mean, it was the second half. That's the third um, third time in a row this year that we've just had an absolute second half um, capitulation. You know that I've been to at home. It was thirty to six to the Warriors in the second half um, against Manly. It was twenty six to six. So we're good for six points in the second half. Second half because the Panthers was also forty to six. Yeah, it's one thing I did want to uh, bring up with you and Paul if he was here is because, you know, we've been in so many games, but the blowout games that are costing us on the points differential, the blowout games have been at home. And that's that's hard, man. Like we're about to head into the, the depths of winter and you're asking Raiders fans to come out and, and support the team. And, you know, we're doing great, but some of those, we've got three big blowouts at home. And yeah. That that hurts, you know, like you, like you say, like you, you, the kids want to go home. They're crying. It's like the last forty minutes is deflating, and people aren't yeah. sticking around for Jared's for Jared's celebration. Plenty of people, sad. plenty of people did. And look, 
focusing on the celebration, it like the 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 event, the occasion, everything was fantastic. I've never seen sort of the build up and the atmosphere um, like that at a game, and I've been to some milestone games in the past. The only one I could possibly compare it to was Mal's last game at home mm-hmm. uh, in '94, uh, and that was absolutely massive. It was also on a, like a warmer sort of Sunday afternoon as opposed to quite a cold um, Friday night. But yeah, it, in the end, yeah, the result, very, very disappointing. Um, the highlight for me though was probably the the three-minute mark, the applause. Yeah. It just felt like the most organic, sort of fun, spontaneous. During the dropout. Yeah, it was yeah. great, wasn't it? It didn't go for the full minutes, but it's kind of weird because it, 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 the timing was 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 perfect because it happened just as um, the Warriors, you know, were about to have a dropout, and then um, when the Warriors actually managed to regather that short <laughs> <Yeah>. dropout, <laughs> the applause, <Game> on. <laughs> the applause kind of stuff. Um, in the end, also, I think the right call was made not to get Andrew Abdo to blow the Viking horn. No, it was no, never going to be. A... Who who did that call? Where, where did that come from? Was that some work here at Blake and the Pork? Like uh, the, no. the rumor that it was going to be Andrew Abdo, and then suddenly no, it was, and so they had it was, and the people still don't believe it, but. It, Absolutely was going to be Andrew Abdo. It was reported in the Canberra Times um, the weekend before. And Ben Pollock interviewed Andrew Abdo before the game. And he said, I've actually decided, you know, thank you very much. Great honour um, to be asked to blow the horn. But I've decided that it should be Jason Croker, you know, the mm-hmm. only other Raider. Um, it was the right decision. I mean, I was still pushing until the 11th hour for Todd Carney. And I reached out to Todd Carney. And he, he said he was going to be there and he was keen. But unfortunately, yeah, still well, a little bit... Toots put out that um, little social media thing during the week where he said about how Todd helped him learn leadership and when he was young and how he was exemplary in the way that he trained and his professionalism. And clearly is... there's a whole there's a whole public public dialogue about Carney and everybody knows it and we don't need to repeat it here. But, you know, Todd had a very professional approach to the way that he played the game and he had a he strong was... influence on some of our younger players back then. Yeah, well, and he was um, like, let's just compare him to Josh Dugan. Josh Dugan, when he left the club, no, like basically the players wanted him to go. No one wanted mm-hmm. him to stay. When um, Todd Carney was fired, the playing group, you know, were begging the club not to let him go. He was then, loved. They tried to he get him loved. back too. Yeah. Ricky tried to get him back yeah. as well. But, but the, the board, board was like, no, nah, because yeah. the board knew that if they, if it wasn't, the benefit wasn't going to outweigh, you know, what the, the, the reaction. And if they'd re-signed him, I guarantee you they would have had people ringing up wanting to cancel their memberships and ringing talk. Yeah, maybe. It's just sad when you, when you, you know, you oh, it would have been great. It would have been great. Circus in Sydney and how much influence they actually yeah. have. But yeah. But getting back to the Todd thing, yeah, his, his work ethic, his training, his, but the problem with Todd and I met him, I've met him in the past, both when he was drinking and when he wasn't drinking, two different people. Yeah. And we like all, he's we ultimately, all... but he's ultimately someone who probably, and he never, unfortunately came to this conclusion, just shouldn't have drunk. To some yeah, people, all, alcohol doesn't agree with because they just lose their minds. And he's one of them. We've all got mates like that too, right? Yeah. We've all got friends that we know. Yeah. And if you don't know someone, <laughs> maybe you're the person. <laughs> maybe you're the guy. That's true. But um, I think, the I think news, we've all been that person. I've been that person many yeah. times. And probably some people listening to this in camera might yeah. realize, remember when I was that person. But um, the news is brought to us by Impact Comics. Do not say the uh, certain word that we say here, but we yeah, can word. say geek. Supposedly. Anyway. Okay. So we're going to go into the news. Yeah. State of origin news. It's that time of year where state of origin pretty much sucks all the oxygen out of the, the NRL comp. There's nothing like it. Is it really in any other sport? You know, you have the champions league, you have different things, but it really um, becomes the focus uh, for better or for worse for, you know, 
a good but chunk worse of if you ask me to be honest yeah for a good chunk of the season but um two raiders are away on state of origin duty hudson young kept his spot i was pleasantly surprised yeah, surprisingly. I, although I have a feeling he won't start. Uh, Liam Martin's actually hit some pretty serious form and he was arguably the best player in that game. So I, I would yeah. assume Liam Martin starts and Hutto kind of plays a versatile role off the bench. But, you know, Ricky came out yesterday and said something about how Hudson for the Raiders plays his best football when the opposition's under fatigue mm. and he didn't get that opportunity because he only played 20-odd minutes. So who knows? Maybe they'll start him, but... I'm I'm really happy for Hutto to be able to get another shot. You know, if you look across to the Cronulla Sharks, um, arguably the best rugby league player of the last year and a half. I mean, everybody has their own opinion, but he won the Dally M and he's been fantastic. He's come back from the New South Wales camp and been pretty poor, you know, confidence-wise. Nico Hines has struggled. So most Raiders fans would notice that Hutto hasn't played great the last couple of weeks. And just for him to have a shot at this next level yeah. again is really good for him. I'm really yeah, happy he's been, he he's, a chance. It hasn't been his, you know, you'd, you'd say he was on a higher level back in the last season than he is now. Absolutely. It's been a bit up and down this year, but um, yeah, it would have been like pretty sad for him too. Cause you don't want to be in that club of one and done origin yeah, players. True. Like, you know, the, the Jamie Bureaus and Rex, Who's the guy? Rex, Rex, right? Rex, the guy that got selected from. You're too young to remember this, Matt. Was Rex, the guy, Rex, Rex, right? He was playing. He wasn't even in, the, in that um, NRL. He was in the, the hooker for country in the city country oh, really? game. And he was the man of the match. So they put him, they selected him like ahead bench, of all these other. No, no, starting nine for New South Wales about 1983. Stay of one and done. Anyway, um, and the other player, Corey Horsburgh, has been named in the Queensland team, but he's on. The he's standard bench. He's on the, the standard bench. Yeah, so well, this, this week's show is not going to have all the regular segments. It's not going to have the contributors. It's going to be different focus. But the extended bench just got to it had to get a run. I'm I'm kind of glad that he gets a chance to be part of you know the camp. Um, but I also, if you look at the statistics, he's you know Mo Fodawake has had a pretty incredible um, season and. And you know, there's a couple of players pretty unlucky enough to miss to, to miss out. So Felice Cafusi, you could argue, could be there. And look, I'm really glad that um the horses get a chance to be a part of that um camp. Supposedly he had a pretty big night first first night at the oh, camp. Did he? Yeah. yeah, there's a rumor that he might have missed the bus the next morning. <laughs> but oh, right. um someone got but, someone from um some, uh, Greg Marhews or something. Yeah, Greg Marhews missed the bus missed and he got dropped. Yeah, but but um but I'm also glad that the horse is going to go up and, and not get injured. So he's going to get a yeah. chance to to see the elevated training and spend some time around yeah. some of those great minds I, I and thought, come back to the club. So I thought he was unlucky to miss out to Mo Fodawaker. I know Mo Fodawaker is a great player. Uh, I just think horse, you know, we now know that he can he can play that back row cover spot as well. So he has more, would have offered more versatility off the bench, but yeah. The 19th man thing is interesting though, because you know, they're pretty much, it's been just teams players off the bye. Yeah. So I don't know whether if, if the Raiders didn't have the buys that wise there, or I guess we'll never know. Oh, I'm not sure. They, they used to do that a few years ago where they'd only pick the 19th man on teams that had a buy. And, um, well, that's what they just... did. That's what they did. Um, the 18th man for the first origin was, um, Tom Dearden. Yeah, and the Cowboys had the buy, and now it's AJ Brimson because the Titans have the buy. Yeah, and I mean New South Wales have also kind of been hypocritical, like they often are. They they dropped Campbell Graham in the first 
state of origin because he wasn't able to train. And now they've allowed Latrell Mitchell, Liam Martin, and uh, Cameron Murray to be in part of the squad. So, look, there's a whole bunch of hypocrisy going on there. I'm really glad the horse has been at least selected in the squad. I, I would much rather have him in my club than Mo Fodawaka. Mo is is obviously a harder runner and a, a smaller body and probably brings a little bit more energy in a certain way. And Horse is probably a bigger minutes player and more, more, more versatility's game. Yeah. yeah, like a great pass and all that stuff. Yeah. And they probably just want someone to give some impact for about 15 minutes and try and yeah. level some guys. So I'm... I'm being a, a Raiders fan and a, a guy that sees us as being potentially, you know, top eight, hopefully top six, and who knows? I mean, we've had a couple of blowouts, but I, I want to keep all our players fit and healthy running yeah. to the end. Yeah, of the no, year. it's a good ex- it's a good experience for him. And looking at some of the just the pictures I've seen on social media, he looks as though he's loving his time in camp. You know, he's he's a he's a passionate Queenslander, and uh, yeah. yeah, like you said, he had a big night. Good to hear. Next bit of news, um, CHN. There's been a few reports this week um, on sort of the status of Corey Hardaway and Ira without saying too much. Uh, he's had a bunch of tests. They've ruled out um, a bunch of bad things, which presumably yep. is like, you know, brain tumor or, you know, I mean, he's probably had scans and things there, but, but they still haven't really pinpointed um, what was the cause of the epileptic fit. And um, if, you know, he's, it was a one-off or it's likely to happen again. So at this stage, there's no, return date he's, i'd still say he's at least a month away potentially more so um just stay tuned for that one yeah so originally they said what a month and now four to six or i think that's yeah, precautionary I, i'd be surprised if he comes back this year actually yeah same and and as far as like mental health and you, you have to like think that's probably the right decision you know personally i had him in my fantasy side <laughs> so i when it first happened i was like obviously upset for the fella and heartbroken and all that sort of stuff. And then I was like, Oh, when's he going to be back? And now that the dust has settled after a couple of weeks, you want him to take the entire year. You know, we don't talk about fantasy football on this podcast, Matthew. No, another podcast. There's another podcast. read out scores too. (laughs) But my point is, what is your point? I've said this on the podcast. I love him, man. Like I think he's awesome. I think he could be our future 13. Like I, I, or even we don't uh, really know, need we need we need him as back row though at the moment. Like this is this is one of thing we're going to look at in this episode. Um, I know we've got you know we're very short on back rowers, and with him potentially missing the rest of the year, you know we might even need to look at bringing someone in this year. We got a spot in the top thirty made available after your man Semi went up to the Cowboys, and he's he's on fire. He's scoring tries, <laughs> scoring tries for fun. <laughs> Uh, he's also letting in tries he's also letting in tries but that's we don't talk about that on this podcast um the the other bit of news which everyone would know because it's it's all over national news is tommy starling tommy starling got bashed and guess what the cops were uh, in the wrong well this is it's a bit when you see that video footage right it's a bit like the um curtis scott video footage Mm -hmm. like the police are presenting this evidence and then saying this person assaulted us when clearly like that footage of, of, of Tom Starling getting belted in the face while, you know, a couple of people are holding him uh, yeah. and, and someone else is just laying into his head. It's terrific. It's clearly terrific. not Raiders fans. Uh, and then the other bit of news is um, Xavier Savage. What's going on with Xavier Savage? No one really knows. He was um, named he, last week. He was named on the wing for New South Wales cup. Not even, 
not even a fullback. So he's presumably slipped down the um the fullback pecking order at the Raiders behind yep. young Chevy Stewart, who's not even 18 yet, but looks a great prospect. He was named on the wing and then he withdrew. Um, apparently he's got a leg injury of, of some description. And then a couple of days ago, um, he posted some Instagram post, which is great. Did you see this, Matthew? I haven't seen it. No, he's posted an Instagram post, which has got all Raiders fans. Raiders oh, fans or the GMP podcast? Other people as well. Dan from Sports <laughs> just commented, wrote a story about it. Uh with with some a picture of him in a Raiders uh training gear it looks to be it um from the one game he played at at Suncorp Stadium. So is it still called Suncorp Stadium? Blank Park. Yeah, Blank Suncorp Park. Stadium. Yeah. Uh this is we like the ABC. Blank Park. And there's a song with it, and the song is called Let You Go. I don't know what this means. Probably doesn't mean anything, but you gotta wonder where where Xavier Savage is at in that, you know, at the start of the year we all thought he was bang number one. Fullback, yeah, well, we did, and I think what he offers in attack is probably our our greatest option there. But the modern day fullback, and that's how much we miss chance. Like you think about last weekend's game, the modern day fullback, it's seventy five percent defence and and getting your line right. It's numbers. It's it's calling out certain plays. It's making sure the short side's protected. There's so much that goes on in that position that you just don't know. Watching any game, especially from television, when you watch it from side on, um, you know, and I know a lot of coaches prefer to watch it from, say, the north south end. And to me, I I would love for Xavier to be Xavier to be our fullback at the moment because I would think we get his attacking upside and the rest of his game is has developed. But clearly, you know, there are some people at the club that probably think otherwise, and we have some friends at the club too. Like you do, I do, and and many of them say that he's still got to learn some stuff when it comes to organising the line and positioning and his numbers, and you know they also say that he's still got a chance of being a number one, and mm-hmm. he's had some soft tissue injuries, so he's he's struggling to break full stride. They're protecting him a little bit on the wing while also giving Chevy Stewart a chance in second grade, and it's not because I think Xavier's not up to playing one; it's just that he's he's still struggling with some injuries, and he's still probably learning the game at what the Raiders style of defense requires. And yeah. that's one of those crazy things. When we look at Seb Chris, Seb's doing an amazing job at fullback. He just doesn't offer that extra, extra thing that the top seven fullbacks in the comp do, you know, like he, he's great under the high ball. His meterage is fantastic. He carries back hard defensively. Now he's doing a great job. And so is rapper rapper. Like you said, last podcast mm. rapper in defense is so fantastic but you know, we when we when we have those sweeping plays out the back, and we pass out the back to our fullback, Xavier does have that speed to get on the outside shoulder, and Seb and Rapper don't. So that's what. Yeah. Did you see that? We, did you see the try? Um, that allowed. Did you see the highlights in the Wales Cup? I did. From Kipax. Yep. Uh, Chevy Stewart, where he ran around the back of the scrum. There, that yeah. was awesome. He's got pace as well. He's got. They've both got pace, and and but you know, like. We have a defensive mentality as a club, and we're struggling in that. You know, we're struggling at the moment. So, well, we've I got the worst. Like... We've got the worst defense in the league, Matthew. I know, but you know, we've conceded we've... more points now than any. I mean, you could say that there's a couple of clubs that played less games because they've had an extra buy. But I, we've got the worst. We've got the worst defense in the league. You know, that's it's shocking, and and the 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 ease with which um some of the, those tries that we conceded against. The Warriors just straight up the guts was horrible. Yeah, well, that absolutely that, horrible. And that I mean, brings the, me 
that brings me to something that we'll talk about later when it comes to um our uh our recruiting because I, I feel like we really missed someone that might have gone to uh Newcastle. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we're that. Yeah, so we haven't yeah. really said this is this so this episode, I kind of said it's not gonna have the normal segments. This is uh this is the promised buy round recruitment and retention episode that you flagged a few weeks ago. Cause normally in the past when there's a buy, we just haven't been bothered. Yeah. Just to do. I mean, this this you can't talk about the extended bench, you know, there's Pork's not here, he's in the Macca's drive through. <laughs> we won't um, know how many hardwicks someone's worth. <laughs> Someone asked the, me the other day if, if if Hardwick Crescent in Holt, which is actually right next to the, the Kibak's ground, is is named after Kevin Hardwick, and I can confirm it isn't. But you know, I wish <laughs> it'd be nice if it was. <laughs> you know what I did see today? Um on it's next to I, it's next to Kerry Hemsley uh <laughs> Avenue. You know, you know what I did see today, which which blew my mind, was there there used to be a racetrack in MacArthur and um it was on my Facebook feed, and I, I'm, I'm going to bore everyone that's not listening to this in Canberra. But so, the federal government, when they were developing Canberra, they they built the roads because Canberra was developing at a certain pace. That a lot of roads were built in Tuggeranong in the '70s because they thought these you know suburbs would grow quicker mm. than they did. And part of Macarthur next to Fadden didn't grow as fast as it should. So for three years, cars and motorbikes met at what was called Macarthur Park and raced around right. a track. If you look it up, you'll find it. It's pretty incredible, actually. There's footage of motorbikes and cars racing around MacArthur from 78 to 81, which is kind of... They wrote a song up. about it. Did they? MacArthur Park. Did someone leave MacArthur. a cake out in the rain? <laughs> I don't know. Land Speed Records, the great sponsor. Um, Richard, Richard Harris. So MacArthur getting Park. so getting to the Warriors game. Uh, we've got our, um, our notes here that... that Blake sent me. So it says, great event, three-minute applause, the highlight. You don't have Everybody's to read the notes. Wonder. You don't have to. We don't have to. The Warriors. No, um, look, mate, I don't need to read the notes because I'm, I'm an actor, but I'm just trying to get, just not miss any points. We, start, we started We started. off, um, we had a lot of ball. Uh, attack was pedestrian. Very. And, um, you know, you could see that Josh Papali, you know, he really gave it gave it his all. Yep. And it wasn't it wasn't yep. through like a so effort. Did, so Same. did Taps. And so did Jack Whiten, but Jack yeah. Whiten's giving his all. I had a look at it. He had like 19 runs or something like that. Like 19 Mate, I, ineffectual. You I've, know. Never been, I've never been more convinced Jack Whiten is not a number six. But that's He's what I'm saying. Not. So I think he tried to do like so much by himself and it just didn't work. When was the last time? Work. And he did score that try. The one try that we scored in the first half that he scored was a fluke. Yeah. We, bounced off someone's many... arm and. How many tries have we scored off kicks this year? A yeah, lot. It's it's alarming. And it's that's what shows up in those games where we get these blowouts. But, you know, we, we had all that ball. We asked very little questions on their line. And we we rarely went east to west. We rarely asked questions on the third tackle out to the left and then quickly switched back to the yeah. to the other side. And I just um that game convinced me that Jack's not a six. And we just don't have the width in our play beyond one attack. So if we decide this is the this is the play on this set, we have a crack. And then if they shut it down, then we go, you know, block play, block play, or middle play, and then we go for a kick. And and we've scored a lot of tries off kicks, but mm. our forwards are putting in so much work, they're dominating um position so so easily. And then, 
you know, Fogarty's doing as much as he can. I just, I would love to see Jack in the centers or at back row, you know, back row somehow. And, and there's so many. Who do you bring uh, at six? Frawley. Frawley. I'd like to bring in Schneider because I'm a believer, but, you know, I've spoken to people at the club um, as you have, and, and they spend a lot more time with these young men than we do. And, and they're adamant that Frawley's the next man up. Yeah. So I'd I like really to... like Schneider, but I, like of the New South Wales Cup games I've seen, like he. You've always said that. Yeah. You've always, he's, he doesn't stand out. Yeah. No. But I'd, I'd love to see Jack just be in a position where it's just run first every yeah. time. Because... But that's what I'm saying. In this game, he did, like the whole thing is he's got to run the ball. He's got to run the ball. But he was just run himself or sideways and ran people out of space and yeah but if he's running at know. six then he's running he's running at some of their better defenders where if he's slightly yeah. outside he's running at yeah. the edge or their four so i just it, it, it was so obvious that you know and i mean you don't want to harp on it but i actually thought tomoko scored and i thought elliot whitehead scored so did i both those were tries in my opinion yeah so why the no. game at the ground i did like once they i didn't i only watched the highlight i couldn't Bring myself to watch the whole do a Lenevez, Lenevez, Lenevez. Which one is it? They're both. Yeah, they're is both that, correct. The, the family <laughs> tomato, tomato. Both very good. Exactly. <laughs> um, I couldn't bring myself to do a Matt, Matthew and watch the whole game from start to finish, but I did watch the highlights. But the highlights didn't actually include either of those moments. But at the ground at the time, I thought they were both tries. I thought uh, they were both tries too. Matt Timiko, you know, looked like a, a, a only attacking weapon. Um, and you know, again, it's expected he's getting the ball from ten meters out and trying to drag three people across the line. You know, it's it's we've yeah, got to have more than that. Smart, teams are smartened up. You know, like we it, we, we cottoned on to the get Tomoka early ball last season, and then early this season we started doing it, and then we scored a couple of great tries against Brisbane. Um, and then who? There's another great try that he did, and then now teams are cottoned on; they're just shifting across. Mm. So, uh, like. It, I'm I'm very concerned with the amount of ball that we had in that first 30 minutes and how little. You just knew are... it at the time, though. You just knew, like I've yeah. seen this story before. We've got all this ball and we've got like only six points to show for it. They're going to come back in the second half. It's just and it Jack just happened try, so many times. Down try. Yeah, well, that was amazing. But yeah, that and that gets them in the half time and in the second half they rolled us. Their defense has been great all year. They've got the second best defense in the comp this year behind only um, the That's... Panthers. That's the, I mean, aside from the Panthers, and I know Manly beat us pretty convincingly, but that's the best coach team I've seen us play this year outside of yeah. that game that, that Penrith played against us. The Warriors are making the top eight easily, and they might make the top six, and they might even scratch higher. That 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 side that we watched on the weekend was an exceptional rugby league side. And yeah, to cr- well, they've got a great, they've got a great Webster, great coach from mate from the Panthers system. The other thing I heard that, so one of the things that the Panthers have done, like you're talking about attack, Panthers are really good. They'll attack one side and they'll immediately then attack the other attack the other side. The other yeah. thing that the Panthers do really well, and apparently um, Warriors statistically are now second best in the league at, is um, just the bodies in motion, those those decoy runs and stuff. Which, we've which we don't do. At. We're the worst Don't at. do. I know, it's horrific. Yeah. It's so horrific. That, that, but that everything side... they did looked faster. Like when, and yeah. when, so... I was on like the sort of 15 meter line of basically where all the attack was uh, both halves. Mm-hmm. So the Northern end. So in the first half it was the Raiders attacking. Yep. The second half it was the Warriors attacking. The speed that they're doing everything at is just so much greater. Yeah. And that's and we, how, Pe- that's how Penrith were last year. Like, and that's where whatever Webster's done, I don't know what fitness they're doing, but 
they've turned well Dallin were telling Zelezniak and Marcelo Montoya into just weapons like mm. and then and, and I love Chance you guys know that I love Chance I spoke glowingly about Chance when I first jumped on this podcast in the game yeah. that he got when destroyed. we were high on the savage train you were you were yeah. right or die at CNK Mate, he's he is such a good footballer, and I, I was I, I was so high on him. Have have we ever seen him play as good a game as that? No, he was absolutely brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. The other one that stood out for me was um Adam Fanua Blake. He's he always looks, played good against us. Yeah, he has, but he looks he looks fitter. I've got to say, he does look than, fitter, and he looks like leaner and fitter. He played for sixty four minutes because I was I was like, I didn't even recall a time he played the whole first half. Yeah. Oh yeah, well I, I was like. Has he been off the field at all? I could I couldn't even no, recall a time. He played until and Josh then, Curran came on. Yeah, at the end of the and game. Then, and then at the end of the game, when everyone's shaking hands, Bunty Afo was on there. I was like, did he even play? He played like 10 minutes or something at the Man. start. And that was it. But uh, Adam Fanuna Blake was incredible. The other one, of course, is Sean Johnson. Had the last laugh once again. He literally <laughs> had, had the last laugh. That fucking that pissed me off. That pissed me off. That was like just just really rubbing salt into the um, into the wounds. is like, I'm going to stick around for the last couple of minutes and then ha- that happens. You have this feeling that um, he's one of those players that's always dominated us, Sean Johnson, in, in the same way that, you know, Benji Marshall or Dan yeah. Jim. I actually had a look at the stats. Um, in, he's played 17 games against the Raiders for nine wins and eight losses. Oh, wow. So he's actually dominated as much as I, I would have thought. He scored um, eight tries in those games and also kicked three field goals, which um, I'm sure we remember some of them. Compare it to Benji Marshall, has 19 wins at three losses against the Raiders. Oh, wow. Wow. And then DCE, 15 wins for five losses against the Raiders. But I, might, I, I don't think anyone has a better record than those two. Maybe there is. Maybe there isn't. Man of the match, who are you going for man of the match? In the game or out of the Raiders place? Yeah, for the Ra- out of the Raiders place. CNK's man of the match. Who are, you, <laughs> who are we giving the $20 <laughs> Lancemead voucher to this week? Uh, CNK, because he's a ra- he's an ex-Raider. Um Oh mate, uh, um, I went Papa. Papa Lee, you could make yeah, Tarpany. Tarpany, nah, it's Papa. It's Papa. Papa was he scored amazing. the try. He, he scored yeah, the Papa try. Papa did everything he could. It's it's tough. It's tough watching your side put in so much energy and effort and then run out of puff and get run over like. But do that you think and... like and getting that run over by them, you know, running out of puff and getting like beaten up the guts that easily? Do we think that? And this is something you know I've I've seen. Dan from the sport just talk about. Do we think it's those those we're asking some of those guys to play too many minutes? And then, you know, I think no, Zami Solo played like 15 minutes. Maybe, but and I, yeah, I Big Red's thinking, playing like 70 minutes again. Like is it think, is it the best use of Big Red to get him to play that many minutes? I don't think I probably don't think so personally. And no. I, and maybe getting to a point with some recruitment later. I don't know if Red's actually a 13. I think he's a pretty exceptional um 10 or an eight. But I mm. I I um Rugby league's changed so much the pace of the game, and I feel like once once you lose momentum, it's so hard to claw it back. That yeah. you know we can look at statistics and we can try and we can try and you know pontificate on these podcasts about how much we know, but I I, I personally feel like the game has changed so rapidly that it's very easy for teams to get blown out. And clearly, you know when Vlanders ball kicked in. It was even more so, but you know, look back. Just was it last year that we blew out South Sydney when we played them in that regional game? And yeah, you know, like we we played a team that you know had questionable, I guess, defense, 
that year or even the year before, they've fixed it up this year. But I think any team's capable of being blowing out. Like, you know, Cronulla got 50 points put on on the weekend. And I just feel like rugby league's changed so drastically. Yeah. I understand that we now are a side that's had three huge scores put on us. But I don't think it's like it used to be. I think it's so hard to get your breath back. We're asking so much when it comes to these six agains for people to defend set upon set that if the referee just decides the flow is going a certain way, it's very easy for sides to put three or four tries on in a row. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what happened. On the <laughs> Look weekend. at the Tigers. Look at the Tigers. Game. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> three tries in four minutes. Cronulla um, yeah. Sharks. Yeah. There's plenty of teams this year that have conceded like Dolphins conceded 50. The Sharks conceded 50. Um, the Sharks also do have Matt Moylan. Yeah. In well. their defensive line. And he did have Nelson Asafa Solomon uh, running over the top over the top of him. That said, yeah. I think uh, Matt Moylan missed ten or 11, 11 tackles, and four of which led to tries. Jack White missed something like six or seven tackles. All all rugby league teams are attacking that that alley. It's yeah. you know I, I speak to friends at the club. They they all attack the four or five spot. So it's. You know, no matter how good you are, that's the weakness because that's where you start to stretch one way and then you go back and you attack that. You know, like that's where we were weak when Fogarty and, and CHN were yeah. um, defending last year. And, you know, yeah. CHN offered so much in attack that we didn't have. He offered an offload. He was a pivot out wide. And yeah. And clearly it's, it's, it's what once you lose momentum, it's it's hard to wrestle it back, and yeah. you try and do it. But that's where I, I I don't like some of these rules. Like I, I actually think if you kick the ball out, you should be able to slow it down for a scrum. Like I don't know yeah. why you have to rush it back in and go again. Like it's not touch. It, it bothers me. Because Volandis came up with the idea in the pub, and we're stuck with it. Yeah, him and Wayne Pierce, my old mate, Junior. Um, yeah, oh, it's interesting though that the game. But we should close off the Warriors game. But yeah, I've kind of gotten used to us conceding tries out wide but it was it was was a different you know up the middle up the middle yeah it's almost yeah. more ignominious just just some so the way they went through for some of those i think there was the um the one that the uh, what's his name the wade egan you know just strolled through untouched anyway we missed danny levi mate oh yeah he would have showed up the middle <laughs> uh ricky's comments in the press conference there's a good thing that we don't have um ask clown of the week this week, you, you can I would, still give I was, your ass clown. Oh, sorry, you can still give your ass clown. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not doing. I'm not doing it. Now. And 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 Tim's not here to get upset, so it wouldn't be quite the same. But I found Ricky's comments a little odd at the time. People blowing up about them, and I was like, oh, who cares? Whatever. But like, it's you could see even Jack White, and I mean Jack White, and you could see even um, Jared Croker looked a bit un, un. He always Jared Croker always looks uncomfortable in those press conferences after a loss, but he looked pretty bummed out when Ricky said, oh, I'd rather Jared have a good week. than we got the two points. Yeah. yeah. It was awkward. You know, Jared, Jared's kind of looked like he's, you know, he's just thankful to be there the last like sort of 18 yeah. months. Like he's kind of appreciating the opportunity. And, and if, if you get to, if you got to watch the fan uh, last week on NRL uh, on Fox on NRL, you know, you probably see how much he's gone through and, and I hope that he gets to play, you know, every game that he can for the rest of his life. But that it was very weird what Ricky said. You know, I'd rather have a great week and not get two points than not have a great week and get two points. That's not the Ricky that we all know. <laughs> no, 
No, the Ricky, the Ricky we know would would uh, crawl from Canberra to Goulburn on his hands and knees across burning coals for two points. So it's yeah. it's it should it be one to, or the other. Shouldn't be one or the other anyway. It goes to show you how much he cares about Jared and how he's trying to protect Jared. Like I think, you know, that's the other thing that we we lose sight of um, in a lot of the media that Ricky does is I do feel like that he's actually trying to protect his players. Like he'll yeah. come out and he'll say something like that. So they don't go after Jared. He'll come out and he'll say something the week before. So he protects Whitehead or what, you know, like he's, he's very aware of the player's perspective that yeah, I, I do know that and he's the, always protecting them. This, this is the thing that Tim always talks about, you know, his own personal experience wasn't, he was effectively driven out of the club. Yeah. You know, to, to the hand, hand Bradley Kyde was driven out of the Bulldogs. And he's very conscious of not wanting to repeat that. But when he first came to the club, Look at the circumstances of Terry Campese's departure. Mm-hmm. It was pretty sad and it was pretty awkward. And it actually culminated in the end of season, you know, the Melbourne Inger Awards. Canberra Times had a photo of there's an, an empty, um, you know, spot on the table and there's a Terry Campese name tag and there's no one because he didn't show up. You know, so I think, I think he's, yeah, he's probably not um, happy with how the stuff went down with Campo and, you know, wants to make sure Jared's time at the club, you know, how it ends one way or another doesn't, you know, end on sort of bad terms. So. And I think he's done that. Like, I think there's, I think there's good, there's really good vibes around the club. Like if you listen to anyone talk about it, they talk about the culture and the culture is really strong there. Mm. Um, People that don't want to leave, you know, like Adam Elliott didn't want to leave and CNK on the weekend was crying. And and last year he was crying. There's, you know, there's some rumors going around that he stuck it to us. I can tell everyone listening to this right now. We did CNK a favor by letting him go back to spend time with his family, and he he didn't really want to leave the club. He loved being at the Canberra Raiders, and yeah, we love. But he wouldn't him there. play. He wouldn't play. like he's playing good football again because he's back home. He's close with to his, his kids. kids. He's happy again. If exactly. he was unhappy, he wouldn't be. It would be like he was last year, you know. And if you've like, ever spent any time in New Zealand, and I've spent a lot of time there, it's an incredibly um, passionate place, and it's an incredibly um, unique place that some people feel estranged when they're not living there like uh, there's a lot of kiwis playing in australia and a lot of them would would make a lot of sacrifices to go back and live in new zealand it's a unique place and i'm i for one think the nrl is a much better place when the new zealand warriors are doing well and i'm yeah. glad that seeing oh, yeah, yeah. i really absolutely. am I, absolutely if the raiders don't win the comp i'd love for them to win the comp absolutely but, absolutely um when it comes to you know, Ricky and that presser, it's, it's weird. It's like, I, 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 I don't know, man, like I'm, we've had our knives out for Jared, you know, and, and he didn't have the greatest game and he landed that try. And it's been an incredibly, you know, tough couple of years for him. And if you do watch that thing on NRL um, on Fox, it's, it's really heartbreaking because you realize he couldn't even lift his arm up and it, it popped out and he thought he's entire that career. Was the TV room, mate? Yeah, mate. Did you see but there that? Was, there was another thing that I haven't watched that thing, but there was another thing that came out. He had like more knee clean out or something. Yeah, so priest, and it was kept quiet. So he went to he went to get change the TV remote, and it popped out. And then he calls his wife to pop it back in, and she couldn't. So they call the club, and he's sitting there on the ground with it out for three hours until they could pop it back in, and then. He was crying. The club doctor and Don Fernand got to his house. They were crying because they thought it was done. His career was over. And when they took him to the hospital, they said, well, considering your shoulder's now kaput, mate, we might as well clean out your knee. 
So yeah. there's just so much going on with him. And for him to make 300 is exceptional. And for that many fans to turn out is incredible. It's just sad they didn't get the result, but he's going to play a number of more games this year. And and I think we're going to make the eight. So, you know, hopefully he can, he can finish this season proud and, and who knows that, that gets us into the conversation of whether we trigger him for next year because Ricky has 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 that option. Yeah. And so it's squad analysis time, recruitment intention. Let's look. It took us how many players. minutes to get there? Yeah. It took us. Yeah, I might have to edit some of this stuff. Uh, let's have a look at what players are off contract at the end of this season. So Jared Croker is 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 off contract. He did have an an option which was, yeah. um, I guess, in the club's favour which would be triggered um, if he played a certain amount of first grade games um, over the last couple of years. So yeah, apparently even if, no, yeah. so apparently even if he plays all the first grade games this year, remaining ones, it's still not enough to, to trigger it. Um, so there's that the, Matt, Matt Fraud the, is also the, the interesting thing with Jared's contract though, is if it does get triggered, it's not at the same financial level of his contract this year. So you do know that, right? So if he if, if his con- if his contract gets triggered for next year, it's around two hundred k. Are you sure about that? That's what I read. Um, I saw I saw some article saying that if he was to play again for another for hang around another year for two hundred grand, is that a good deal? I'd say yeah. undoubtedly it's a good deal. Um, we you know, but would he want to do that? I mean, the big thing with Jared, he said himself, and and any back end player of their careers. It's not so much the games and the week to week stuff. It's actually whether he can put his body through another preseason. Yeah. But if he's made that money and the Fox sports put that article out there, so it's around 200 grand. So he's to go around again, look it up. Cause yeah, but that was, that was, I'm sure that, um, that is it a staff was, writer? <laughs> no, I think it was, I think it was Ricky Stewart's mate, Eamon Tin and wrote that article. How many journos are Ricky Stewart's mate? Like, come on, <laughs> he's man. not. Like, no, well, every this is time the point. I talk to him, every time I talk to him, is not. He's not Ricky I, Stewart's mate. That's every a joke. time I talk to a Parramatta or a Sharks fan, they're like, "Oh yeah, he's Ricky Stewart's mate." Paul Kent's Ricky Stewart's mate. Well, that, oh, yeah. those guys Paul are Crawley's... Crawley, Crawley, and Kent's Ricky Stewart's mate, and um, Buzz Wait, seems if, to be on on good terms with with. If if you've been in rugby league for. As many years as Ricky Stewart, you mates with everyone. Okay, like, seriously. Ricky's crunch 200k call on Raiders milestone man as legendary status looms by Eamon Tiernan. Okay, so Eamon Tiernan um, used to write for AAP and he used to be in Canberra and he used to cover the Raiders. And he is the guy that um, was the person that said to remember when um, Nick Cottridge got sent off in Wollongong? Yeah. And Ricky's like, hey, if you think that's a spear tackle, mate, you know, and then this. Eamon Tin goes, what about the parents? And he goes, I don't care about the parents. You remember that? Yeah. That's that's yeah. Eamon Tin. So Eamon Tin and then then Tim had a couple of blobs with him on on Twitter as well about some other stuff. Um, but that's another story. But there's no, the, this article, there's no actual facts in it. It just says, um, Croker's current deal is worth around 700000 but they could keep him around on a one-year extension for as little as 200000 There you go. But that's not saying that that's the trigger. He's going to be triggered for 200000 I think he's just potentially speculating that if we want to keep him for another year, we could offer him 200000 and he might want to play for another year. Sure. If he wants to play for 200000 which is just barely above minimum these days, go for it. Oh, but he may, he may, yeah, well, okay. But it's not, it's not like something that's going to be triggered. I think, right, you, read, so I think you read between the lines of that one, Matthew. 
Next off contract is Matt Frawley. Matt Frawley. So Matt Frawley um, is keen to stay. Apparently they're, they're keen to keep him again, probably for 200,000, you know, yeah. he's a good, he's a good backup to have. And he's also probably, um, you know, a great guy to have in New South Wales cup to um, teach the younger guys, you know, Mate, and the Schumann's records. Amazing. The yeah. Schumann's records like better than Jack Whiten's record. Yeah. And then my mate, Brad Schneider. Again, it's interesting. There there hasn't been any talk about Brad Schneider re-signing. Um, you'd assume um, that they will keep him around. But yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard anything at this stage. Because at this point in time, you know, just say we don't sign anyone to replace Jack White, and it's either Matt Frawley or, or Brad Schneider is going to be the six. Yeah, I feel like they'll try and sign someone. There's a couple of names out there, but I, oh, absolutely, I, they should. I'd love to see Schneider get a shot at six uh, alongside, um, you know, Fogarty because he, he didn't get to play alongside Fogarty when you no, know everything happened up. last year. Yeah, so did he, I, did I, he play I, one game at the start of the year with Fogarty? Maybe Which one. one but yeah, I, I actually think he's he's. Body shape and his size and the way that he runs, he's just big. And defensively, I think he's really solid. So I'd, mm. I'd like to see him get a shot for maybe you know four to six weeks. But yeah, you know, yeah, there have been opportunities to give him a shot. You know, at the back end of of when was it twenty one when the season was done? Yeah, and the club elected not to. Um, no. The next player off contract is an interesting one, Adrian Trevelyan. Um, he's supposed to be back, I think, soon. I know, but he he's had a lot of injuries, but he looks, you know, a, a good a good prospect at nine, potentially our most skillful option at nine. But how do we know? That's the other thing that you know. If you listen to our podcasts and other podcasts, you know, we all we all talk about Trevelyan and we talk about Savage and we mm. talk about these great guns coming through. Who's seen uh, Adrian Trevelyan like dominate? We heard he was good in juniors in Queensland. Yeah. Have you seen him like? I haven't. I mean, I'd love him to be our future nine for a decade. Because, I've seen him in you know, cup last year, and he looked yeah. good. He did look good. I mean, did he look like Cameron Smith? No. Did he look better than Danny Levi? Danny Levi? <laughs> Probably not. Did he look better Probably than not. Tommy Starling? Mate, not even Tommy Starling yes. this year. Yes, Tommy yes, Star. Yes, or no, yes, Tommy yes. Starling twenty twenty or twenty one. That, that was Valandi's ball. That was Valandi's ball, and Tommy Starling, you know, was the. He was one of the biggest beneficiaries of Volandi's ball. Yeah. And he's not, he's just not the same. I mean, he looked, his services seems to be getting. I mean, you do know my son's name's Levi, don't you? Ah, there you go. There you go. (laughs) Semi, semi Levi. Semi Danny Levi. (laughs) Uh, And the other one that's off contract for the Raiders um, currently is Clay Clay Webb. Is Clay Webb the greatest rugby league name of all time? It's up there. So Clay (laughs) Webb. Um, is a second rower, and we our second row stocks are very thin. Yep, at the moment, but we he hasn't really got a. I think he was out injured. Um, I think he's back now. Uh, he hasn't really had a sniff of first grade. He came through that SG ball, um, grand final winning Side, team with, yeah. with with Mooney and etc. And um, there were big raps on him, but yeah, we we don't we don't know where he's at now and whether they will um look to resign you think you'd have to again unless you've yeah. got someone else we're going to sign i think they they i think from what i what i've heard they believe in clay webb you know like and if you look at if you watch if you go back and you watch any of the reserve grade games there's clearly a tier of player that that you can notice and it's you know the trey mooney's clay webb 
Pepper Peru, um, you know, Demi Levi's dropped down and played there. Brad Morgoss has had some great games. Elijah Anderson's had some great games. But, you know, there's a couple of other players that come up and you can just see that they're, you know, they're, they're kind of squad players. And yeah, Claybo's has been great. And and only recently we were missing a lot of players in reserve grade. And he was he was our strike edge forward. And, you know, they'll re-sign him. Um, it's just whether he's going to have much impact at first grade, who knows? But yeah. It's one of the things that I've always spoken about is, you know, developing the strength of not just the top, you know, 13 or 17 players in first grade, but top 30 in the in the you know, first grade squad, but also, you know, the top 100 players in the club. And, you know, our top 100 players in our club are, are, are pretty decent compared to other clubs. Um, and that's where, you know, we can still attract players like Trey Mooney, Brad Schneider, Adrian Trevelyan. You know, like Schneider and Trevelyan were two of the best players in Queensland, Three, yeah. three or four years ago. So hopefully they can kick on and they get a shot and, and step up. And it's it's hard to know, but yeah. Thing is, if we retain all these guys, right? I've already looked at this. If we retain all these guys, and then um, Brad Morcos and Ethan Strange, mm-hmm. both joining the the top thirty, highly regarded. Yep. Next year, we're not going to have actually many spots in the top thirty. Jack Whiten's gone. Yep. Semi Valame's gone. That's two spots, right? So that leaves us one spot left in the top 30. And does Hohepa Buru get elevated to the top 30 next year? You'd think so. He will. So un- unless we move some people on, how are we bringing anyone in? It's been weird, isn't it? Like, I remember when Ricky first came back to the club, was it 16? You guys would know better than I would. But 14. 14, was it? He cut a lot of players real quick, you know, like... Yeah. And then and then the year later, he cut them again. Like, there was, there was some hard calls. And I... I mean, I, I can't remember specific years, but I I I, I fourteen there was a lot like Reese Robinson, I think left, um, Milford obviously left, Kennedy maybe left round. There was when did he bunch. cut Fensum? When did he cut Sean Fensum? Sean Fensum twenty sixteen was his last year. So, so that was Sean. the that was the, I remember that. I, and they they made a specific choice to cut who was or probably either forgotten. either Sean Fensum got cut at the end of twenty sixteen. Or maybe it was 17. So 2016 was when we went on the good run, Sean Fenton wasn't mm-hmm. in the team. So he lost we, his spot to Clay um, Priest and stuff. Yeah, and Fenton also obviously um, offers a lot what's in, his name in came defense, in as well. but not an attack. Um, Luke Bateman as well. Yeah. Kind of and came in. And... Luke Bateman, the great player out of Brisbane. He was yeah. arguably the best 13-year-old in Queensland. But it's 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 funny. Like I, I don't feel like Ricky's – he's so loyal to the players now, to my point, is that I don't feel like he's – He's not he's not culling players like he used to. I remember we, we he went through the squad and he was like, "Great, we need to clean out this squad." And and now you look at it and you think, "Oh, okay," but it's still a young squad, you know. Like there's so many. If you think of that top thirty, how many of them are over the age of twenty eight? Not many. Um, rapper, Jared Croker, Whitehead, Whitehead. Um... So you'd have to think Croker won't Upper. play next year. Yeah, but I'm saying so. I'm saying Croker and Wyden at that same. So that's two spots, right? But then we've already said Ethan Strange and Brad Morgan's right, well coming in at thirty. Well, maybe and then the that's one spot is, and then Hope Peru is going to come. So maybe, the, maybe, well, maybe that hard conversation is going to be around Schneider and Frawley. Maybe they only keep one of those guys. Yeah, and then maybe when you look at Trevelyan, Levi, and Wolford, um, so Wolford and, and one of them is going to go. So, well, Trevelyan would be the obvious one because he's he's 
he's unsigned. So maybe when he does return, you know, um, from injury at some point this year, this year he's playing, he's playing for a contract. Starling, you know, I, I'm the biggest Tommy Starling fan around, and obviously he's had a tough couple of years with all his body court cases and all the rest of it. But I'm almost to the point that maybe you know he should go to England or yeah, something. Tough, he's someone it, that right? you move on because everyone's fit tomorrow, and I'm picking the team. I'd probably have your man Danny Levi on the bench over Starling. And rotate the nine with um with those two with Wolford. Starling's not tough, having the, Starling's not having the impact of the bench that he used to have um, post Volandi's ball. And then you know if he's, he's just going to have him on there just servicing the ball from nine, well, Levi and Wolford do a better job of it. You know, yeah, it's rough, isn't it? Like he's not he, he just hasn't had the impact. You know, around the ruck running as as. I mean, the last game that I feel like he had that much running meters was probably Brisbane last year. Yeah. He almost and... took too many meters that game and the rest of the team couldn't keep up with him because we were just winning the ruck so effectively and then we'd get down <laughs> there and, and just have nothing. That was the most uh... frustrating game of football I think I've watched in my life. But I've watched a lot of very frustrating um, games, of games uh, and losses, but that, that was a particularly frustrating one. So um, if we were to look at some positions, so we've... One thing we've decided we're going to need to cut some people to make some spots. But if we are going to sign some people, what yeah. positions are we going to look at? So obviously, six is our number one. Six, Sorry. one, nine, one, yeah. 13 are mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would go 6-1. Which hurts because that's your spine. Jamal Fogarty's Jamal Fogarty's how, how much is the suck Raiders fans to have arguably the best forward pack in the competition, but we're still like the worst languishing line. at the bottom of the eight. Like, and I know we all we all pinned our hopes on Xavier Savage, but you know, defensively, I think he's got some issues. And I don't and know. Obviously, I, the, obviously, the thing is, yeah, the elephant in the room, the thing that we don't see that that you know, reading between the lines, is he's not putting in the effort training wise he's not putting the effort doing video he's not putting well, he's not understanding it yeah like this yeah. our coaches get to spend five days a week you know 50 hours a week with him and we get to watch him for an hour and a half and clearly that he's still learning the game on a level that the fullback has to do so much yeah. more than so, the, so my my point with that is if he needs to like if he needs to work on stuff at fullback why is he then selected on the wing in new south wales cup uh, maybe he's got some you know, hammy issues or I don't know, some soft diff issues, but all right. So let's talk about the one I've, the, so, you, so you said 13. I'm, I'm, I know who you're going to say for 13 and I'm, I'm on board with it, but I think we need to sign back road cover. Yeah. But I, I, Whitehead's I think... cooked. Whitehead's cooked. Can we get another yeah. year at Whitehead? Probably not. Um, CHN, who knows? We've got, um, Hudson Young. He's a lock. For, he's not a lock, but he's a lock for the, the left yeah. back row position. And then we've got Clay Webb, who may, we don't really know that much about and may okay, not so be Okay, so 12 and 13. So, well, I was thinking... Do you want me to tell you who's off contract? I mean, I know not everyone's going to come down to, um, you know, there's plenty of players that sign for clubs and come and go that aren't on the off contract list. But yeah, if we were to look at fullbacks off um, contract currently, these are, the, these are the ones. Corey Allen. I read you out the names that I actually know. Because there's some here I've never even heard of. Uh, yeah. Corey Allen, Bailey Hodgson, Josh's nephew, Dane Laurie, Moses Embai, Will Smith, K.O. Weeks. No, none of them. Now, there's none of those going to move the needle or get as excited, are they? There is a young man in... in uh... Super League? 
the Northern Hemisphere that yeah, you we're going to get to, we're going to get to next. Okay, then five eight. We need to sign a five eight. These are the five eights off contract in the NRL. Jack Cogger, no. Kurt Donahue. Jack Cogger, no, I don't mind Jack Cogger. He's They're not better than Schneider or Foley, mate. Like I, Matt Five-eight's our, five our least concern. Ben Hampton. No. Josh Reynolds. Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jamin Salmon. Well, he's not coming to, he's not coming to the club. And um, Brad Schneider is the other one. Schneider could come. And I'll tell you, I'll I'll tell saw, you one who, who's I'd sign Luke Brooks at 5'8", too. The yeah, way that he played well, against his last game. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll discuss Luke Brooks in a sec. Um, the other one that that wasn't included in that list, and I don't know whether you count him as as a five eight uh, fullback or a halfback, but Blake Taff from South Sydney. Of I, all those, I, he's the one I would consider. Yeah. I rate Blake Taff highly. I watched the reserve grade game that we played against South Sydney and Wagga when our first grade side played um, the Dolphins, and yeah, Taff was the best player on the park. By a mile on both yeah. both sides, and he's he's a first grader through and through. And that's what I mean about like you look at Brad Schneider. So I can remember going, you know, watching um, reserve grade games at at Bruce Stadium, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Terry Campisi, uh, Todd Carney, Todd yes. Carney. What they when they played reserve grade, it was like, oh my god, these two guys are head and shoulders above everyone. Yeah, Blake else. Taff was like that. Yeah, but you don't see that with with Brad Schneider, and also you don't. Know. Necessarily see it with Xavier Savage either. I gotta say, um, then Hooker, Hooker's off off contract. Jaden Beryl, um, Brandon Clark, Jake Granville, Cruz Leeming, Sonny Luke, Jaden Nicarima, Mitch Rain, Nathaniel Roach, Adrian Trevelyan, and Jake Turpin. Jaden Beryl is spoken of very highly. Yeah, He's from the so- Cup. You could sign Sonny Luke too. Sonny Luke was arguably the best player in New South Wales Cup last year, mm. but I don't think Penrith let him go. And I mean. All the reports are Trevelyan's that good that he's just been hampered by injury. That yeah, you know, even though he's my mate, Danny Levi. If 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 the Raiders are probably going to cut someone, they're probably going to cut Levi next year. You know, they signed him off the back of the World Cup. He's now not starting in first grade. You know, he's not an impact player. Uh, I watched the highlights of reserve grade last week, and you know they leaked a few points in the middle. It's, I mean, hooker must be the hardest position outside of fullback to play in, in rugby league. I, I don't know. I, I um, I'd, I'd love for us to lock it up. You know, it's you know we 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 miss Josh Hodgson, but Jesus, look at Parramatta. They didn't yeah, even pick honestly. Him this week. Honestly, you have a look at um. Oh, he's injured. If you look at um, at the players that Ricky's let go. For the most part, whatever you say about Ricky's um, coaching, tactical ability, bench rotation, yeah, they don't want to get better. His um, judgment of 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 who's a, you know, his the way he reads a player who's a good player is exceptional, um, and you can see it through the players he targets as well to try and sign with varying degrees. But um, yeah, of all the players that he lets go, how many of them actually really go on and and, and do good things? I mean, the only two. X Raiders that are doing good things in the NRL this year are CNK and um, John Bateman, and they left, you know, for for different reasons, family we reasons. Yeah, we I didn't think... move them on. No, 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 exactly. didn't move on. But all, Johnny Bateman look... went to go spend time with his daughter, and and CNK wanted to yeah. go back to New Zealand because he was homesick. Ryan Sutton yeah. dropped to reserve grade for for the Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. Josh Hodgson has not been a good signing for Parramatta by any means. Um, you know who else is there? Seven Bailey Simonson. Bailey Simonson has had his odd good game. Like, like he's still, I get it. He's not low ceiling. 
Like no, nah, but he's not. He's not the second coming, but he's had some pretty decent games for Parramatta. Like I, and I know Parramatta fans because I I see them on Twitter. They like. They him. don't like him. They don't like him, and they don't like Josh Hodgson either. But I I I watch a lot of the games that Parramatta play, and because they play an up tempo game, especially yeah. when they're at home, they're hard to yeah, beat. Yeah, yeah. They're always yeah. But I, I I actually think he he's a pretty decent rugby league player, um, Bailey Simonson, and he's. I get look. He's no semi. He's no Danny Levi. But he's <laughs> I know why. Let him, I know why go. we let him go. I know why we were prepared to let him go. You know, and look, you're going to need. He's he's a, a low. Do you know why we're prepared? Like, would you Would you rather have let? Okay. Would you rather have let Simonson and Semi Valamai go on that little money that we had them on, and keep Nicky Kotrick on six hundred k? Yeah. Yeah, man. Nick, like... Nick Nick Kotrick is one that we haven't really touched on, but like. There's no yes. way if he's off contract at the end of this year, there's no way you re-sign him remotely on that money. No, he should be playing for the Queen and Kangaroos, mate. Like that's he should be bloody flying off for the Arnold Classic. Oh, I, that's I, maybe his mum's listening to our podcast. We're going to get in trouble, but that <laughs> I, I, and 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 if anyone is listening to this and they're fans of or friends with these guys. Please remember that we only want them to play their best for them and their family and their friends, and then for the club. Like we, we we're the biggest fans of these guys, and then it, it hurts us when they might struggle. And I know it hurts you guys more, especially if you're friends or family. But dude, like it's it's hard watching him because he's he's got so much talent and he's still oh dude God. it's. It's he's 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 yeah. wrapped up and he he's just yeah. So let's so we've discussed the positions that we wanna we wanna um, try and bring some players in, and we've had a look at some some of the off contract players that are nationally off contract. There's not much yeah. there, is there? I mean, back row um, Teague Wilton is nationally off contract, but I I heard he's about to resign with the Sharks. Yeah, um, but you don't go off that because contracts are, are there to be broken. So yeah. I want to talk to you about more. Who do you target? So not yeah. who's off contract because yeah. we're not going to go after like yeah. some because the reason they're off contract is because they're shit. So yeah. we have we have a cash cow. Who do we go after? And what's our weakness? Like our weakness, you're saying edge. I think thirteen, and I'm hoping maybe uh, Hepapuru could come in and play thirteen in the next couple yeah. of years. Trey Mooney, just before he had that injury, he had an incredible game in reserve grade, so he might be able to play thirteen or edge. You know, and we, we we constantly like other podcasts talk about fullback. So, all right, Blake, who, who are you going after in the positions that you think that we need? Okay, so fullback. I got up um, on Saturday morning. I watched the second half of St Helens um, versus Wigan. Jack Wellsby, the um, St Helens fullback, he's twenty two years old. Um, he's already played a hundred games of first grade. He's played for England. They have St. Helens. Of, I think he's won the last three league titles or something, four league titles. He's I don't a superstar. Yeah, he's he's an absolute superstar. He's someone that you could bring into the club. He could play fullback or six, but you'd play him at fullback. He can ball play in this game against Wigan. He throws okay. like a 30-meter cutout ball to his winger. It's insane. He um, makes he hunts, a great covering it, tackle. Yeah. He he can do he can do it everything. You know, you, you he hunts he, the ball in attack like Tedesco. Like yeah. he 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 hunts around the ruck like a Tedesco, which we haven't had in our club. Like a Dylan Edwards, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's a different player. Like he's he's a bigger body. His pass is better than both of those players. Yeah. Um. 
but he's the best player and he was arguably the best player for England in the World Cup. And they just and, they, and he didn't start at fullback, but they brought him on and they just let him loose. Like mm. he is do they do they play him on the wing on the centers and they just made him run through the ruck? Like he's an he is a footballer. And yeah. he's I that think good we're at the point that we that might we... not have a chance to get him. Like like, yeah. oh, like absolutely. You said, the roosters might go after him. Like absolutely. He's, Absolutely. But we've got to have a crack. You know, we've got this money sitting there, this money that we're going to pay to Jack White. And I'm like, after Friday night, again, more than ever, I've con- I'm convincing myself that we've dodged a bullet in Jack not taking um, that deal that we had on. The he's not a six, mate. He's not a six. And he's I'm... not worth, he's, not, he's, he's a great center at South Sydney on 700,000 a year or whatever. He's, he's, he's arguably the best rugby league player we have in our club. But and that's why he, we wanted to he, keep him at all odds. But yeah, absolutely, but he doesn't—he doesn't create space for the people outside of him. Like he doesn't put people into a in a, in a. And look, there's there's all kinds of ways that you can play rugby league. Like you think about Cody Walker, he creates space for the guy outside. You think about Nico Hines, he does a little bit of everything. You know, Munster is a runner. Like there's there's so many different ways that you can play that position. But Jack is this behemoth predator, like a hybrid that is a run first just athlete that should be the world's greatest 13 or edge player mm. or you know what I mean he's, he's either a center or a left edge back rower but as soon as you make him think and, and like pass that's or not run, his strong that's thinking is not his strong seat. it's never been in our no. club but Ricky wanted him to have the his hands on the ball more than any other player because he's our yeah. most athlete. and also look player. at the time the pork and I um, you know, before um Jack White went to six, we were pushing Jack White for six. And one of the reasons why was because at the time we had Blake Austin, who was an absolute turnstile. You know, yeah. was, was was Matt Moylan, and it was like, well, if we move Jack White into six, you sure up one know, side. Yeah. Yeah. I and just I think I that's mean, what ever it since started I joined from. this podcast, I've been talking about how amazing Jack is when he plays representative footy because he's on the edge and he's a runner. And if you just say to him, run first, he's devastating but we've watched him dink around yeah. and uh, it's but, just it's hard to watch but anyway Bellsby, to... i would go all in yeah. so so would i man like offer him, offer him a, me yeah offer him a million bucks a year but he's got two more years contracted to st helens but you know i'm sure he's got a clause in his contract and nrl release clause but it's it's um probably you know associated with a fairly significant transfer fee could we be a million bucks. With the money, with the, with the money we've got, we could definitely get him. Well, we should go all in and at least try. You know, what have we got to lose at this point? You could play play the safe option. What name have we seen mentioned in the media in the last week that we've linked to to play six? Lachlan Lamb. I mean, from Lee Centurions, you know. Yeah, Lachlan Lamb is not going to turn us into a premiership force. You know, is he necessarily an upgrade on Matt Ferroli or, or Schneider? Maybe, a bit. But he's not going to win games on his own. Jack nah. Wellsby is the guy that you could build a team around. You know, of course, we, we we may miss out on him to the Roosters, but like, why don't we at least just try? Go in, go all in. Offer him a million dollars a year for three years, and and pay the million dollar transfer fee. Oh, mate, if you if you watch anyone talk about Northern Hemisphere rugby league, the first two players picked in that side right now are him and George Williams. Mm. And Georgie came out and then went back for you know a whole bunch of reasons, but. Um, if we could get him out here, it would it would change the club like Josh Hodgson changed the club. He's that good and he's yeah. that young. Like, yeah. And and you know we could then push Seb Chris back into the centres because I I love Sebby and he's a great fullback. 
for his safety. Um, but he doesn't offer that point of difference in attack. And Wellsby's just he's he's got that that work ethic or that fitness that is like a Tedesco and a Dylan Edwards that yeah. it's really hard to find. Like he can't coach it. It's just this innate uh, craft. And and the footage that you sent me on the weekend, and I've seen it before because you know he came out here and they won. St Helens come out and win the yeah. World Club Challenge. Yeah, and he's their best player. Yeah, he. And and then if you look at that interview that he does, yeah. So uh, what well, the thing they do at the so end of smart, league, um, he talks about Super it. League games, um, they get one of the players from the winning team, and they have this guy here. I don't know why they've never adopted it in the NRL because it's awesome. Yeah, but they've got like a telestrator screen where basically this guy who's an ex player goes through. Here's this try, and what were you thinking here? And you know what numbers did you count? And Wellsby's explaining everything that he does and the reasons why he does it. And he's obviously someone that is really, you know, understands the game, reads the game, works yeah. hard on his game. They said he watches heaps of video. He would just be the perfect sign. I mean, he's, he's 22. And he's already done everything in the Super League. Yeah, I know. So he's probably then, ready to test himself in the NRL. Um, I'd say there's talk that the Roosters go after him. And if the Roosters go after him in, in a big way, maybe they blow us out of the water. But we should fire the first shot and give it a crack. Yeah, we could sign him next year. I mean, Teddy's not retiring at the end of this year. No. The um, it, it's really interesting, isn't it? That interview that he does at the end of that telecast, he, the way that he talks about reading numbers, because they they ask him, the ex player asks him about, oh, so why did you do this and why did you do that? And he breaks it down in a way that you un, you know that that kid is looking at the game like it's a musical instrument, like he's just literally breaking it down to the point where. I do this, 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 and this, and this. And as soon as that plays on this side of the field, I need to go this way. And he, his understanding of the sport is beyond most 22-year-olds. That yeah. it, it, It'd be fantastic if we had him. Who yeah. knows, man? Like, Yeah. The other one that he talks about in that and and, and plays alongside him, at, um, and we've mentioned previously, is Lewis Dodd. So he's yeah. the other guy in the St. Helens team who um, has engaged uh, like an NRL manager you know, with with a view to coming, why not bring them both over? Lewis Dodd wouldn't cost nearly as much as Jack Wells, but he might be five hundred thousand. Bring them mm-hmm. both out here; they're both young guys. Obviously, you've got a great understanding relationship. Um, it probably helps the transition as well. To bring instead yeah, of having one twenty-two-year-old guy, you know, living out here by themselves, bring them out together, put them in an apartment. The Kingston, anyway. Yeah, that's what that's what I, that's what I would do. That's what I do. Other names have been linked to us recently. Ben Hunt, not happening. Absolutely not I mean, the pork seemed to try and suggest last week that he was going to come over for half a season to play, <laughs> play nine. Play nine. I mean, the pork's had some deluded takes uh, over the years. That's definitely one of them. That's almost the most. You know, <laughs> um, he's not going to stay at Dragons to play nine. But no, but now no. that they signed Shane Flanagan, he's staying. He's either staying. So apparently, or... so so Flano apparently and and Ben Hunter like neighbours, and so they go out and have coffee together and stuff. So he's going to stay. He's still here. He had a meeting with Gus. If he was to go anywhere, it would be the Bulldogs. But I think now that um, Flano um, is the coach at the Dragons, a lot of those players at the Dragons who are agitating for releases. And it's probably half the reason Sewer, why they signed Flano. But they all want to stay. But that's They'll probably half the reason why they tried to sign Flano, is to keep those players for the yeah. transition. And I think that Flano is like, he's like Ricky. He's a he's a player's coach. You know, he's one... Yeah. He's a pep He's one of the boys. You know, salary cap cheating coach. Like that's what he is. I think, the I, other think ones... they, I, I think they made the right decision. Luke Brooks. I don't know. I I I I think even on this podcast, I 
I chastised the idea of signing Luke Brooks, but mate, I watched the way that he played against us. And how good Brooks, was he, but, dude? How good was he? I've ne- as I've a never running, seen... as a running play, if you had him just as a running six, a six, like the way that he slow plays and then quick plays, the yeah. way that he, it was almost Adam Riddle, almost like um, Cody Walker. Sorry, the way that he. He tried to manipulate um, Horsborough where he, he'd get the ball and he'd sort of start to slowly jog and then he hit the line hard. If we sign Luke Brooks, which I don't think we are, because no. I think the club's come out and said we're not, I'd be happy if we did. I'd, I, honestly. I we could do a lot worse. I mean, people, there would be Raiders fans blowing up about Luke Brooks, but if we sign him, we could do a lot worse. I wouldn't misinterpret his current situation though, because what's happened is he's rejected the the contract offer yeah Yeah, so he was on a million bucks a year and oh do you want to re-sign for five hundred thousand? well it's pretty much what happened with munster at the storm he was on over a million and then they offered him seven hundred thousand. he's like well i'll go test the market test the market and he ultimately ended up it's different from the jack white one he ultimately ended up you know getting an increased offer from from his from his existing club so i still think that's a big possibility with with luke brooks the other one that is rumored to be you know, potentially linked to is um, the Cowboys because Todd Payton was his under twenties coach, and then the Cowboys may be looking to um, move on Chad Townsend and, and bring on Luke Brooks. The the only possible link we would have, you know, to Luke Brooks, I think, is is also is the Madge factor. Yeah, you know, I, I, what's their I do, relationship like? It's probably good, actually. I've heard it is good, but I, yeah. I do have a mate that's at the Cowboys, and he said that. I mean. Who knows? Because Buzz has mates everywhere, which is not true. But I, my mate said that there's no link whatsoever between Luke Brooks and the Cowboys, and they are denying it. One, yeah, they came out in the media and denied it. I read that. Yeah, my mate, my mate who's on um, ABC Radio in Brisbane, who used to play for the Cowboys, said it's complete bullshit that the Luke Brooks, Laurie Spina, ma- <laughs> Luke Brooks's <laughs> manager went to my mate. Now went to um the media and said um. To Buzz, like, oh yeah, no, we've contacted the Cowboys, so Buzz runs with the story. Um, yeah. The so, other so, issue with us signing Luke Brooks, though, is who his manager actually is, because it's Isaac Moses. Oh Jesus! And we don't have any Isaac Moses players. No, nah, he's not coming to us currently. So, uh, Lock and Lamb, we talked about Blake Tap. We talked about Luke Metcalf looked great um, for the Warriors against us. Yeah, running down the Western touchline when he's set up a try. I know. But he everything he did, uh he's fast, man. He's really he's fast. He's yeah. really fast. And we lack, especially with Savage not in our team, she was like slow pace. side. We lack pace, so much pace. We've been a slow side for a few years, which is hard to watch and you don't yeah. want to admit it. But I I'd love for us to sign Luke Metcalf. I, I don't know what the deal is there because I know they signed him in a couple of years, but they're... Yeah, so he signed for one more year, but they're suddenly going to have. I know. Harris Davida's coming back. Um, I want Harris to stay around another year. Yep. Nick Klukstar, Tuvasa Shek. Yeah. So they, they've got Volkman as well, who's young. Tamari and... Martin, Ronald yeah. Volkman. That's like. Yeah. If, if Metcalf got an got an offer, I don't think I don't see why they would stand stand his way. So he's a I'd possibility. Lo- I'd love for us to sign Metcalf and Wel- Wellsby. That would be. Yeah. Uh, Connor Tracy is another one I've talked about. Uh, we've probably talked about him enough. Uh, look, He's know, still a good footballer. Yeah. Jack Cogger, you wrote off. <laughs> Someone um, on Twitter wanted us to talk about Jack Bird. I reckon Jack Bird would be a disaster at the Raiders. And I also, agree. I think that um, he um, will stay 
at the Dragons now that uh, his old mate Flano, his old yeah, but, coach Flano's there. Uh, but and, I mean, and if, if he did come down, Port could take him to all the McDonald's. But if we're also going to sign, if we're going to sign all the old Jack Bird of the Brisbane Broncos McDonald's fame, but if we're going to sign like a, a, a warhorse, you know, edge middle forward, bring back Adam Elliott. Yeah. So there were articles during the week um, saying that the Newcastle Knights are looking to move on some players, one of which was Adam Elliott, who we were really, you know, never wanted to leave. No. There's all the stuff about where's Millie Boy. Well, she's not going to be at the Knights. She's left the Knights or she's about to, she's joined she's the, Roosters. the Roosters. So she's not going to be in Newcastle anymore anyway. Um, yeah, I'll bring him back in a heartbeat. He hasn't had a great, he's been injured this year. He's barely played this year. So he got injured and then he tried to come back too early and then he re-injured himself. But he was one of our best players last year. Absolutely he was. And And maybe, maybe. Against Parramatta without him. He was arguably our best player in the last month of the football. And, and maybe, you know, he helped shore up that, that middle defense when people are getting tired and. Not maybe. I can definitely do. Like he was the, he was a massive difference. If we're playing big middles for long minutes, that's the problem that that's gets me to my point with playing Horsburgh at 13. Yeah, he's he's great in attack. And he's and he he's 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 also really good in defense. But we've got three very, very big, yeah. slightly slower middles. Yeah. We don't have uh, a 13 that's like a Cameron Murray, you know? Yeah. Like and and the closest we've had to that type of 13 is Adam Elliott. Yeah. And and he did great. Because at the start of last year, they sort of played him on the edge and they moved him yeah. around. And then, and then once he actually went to 13. we had Whitehead at 13. Yeah. yeah. And now, and then as soon as we had him at 13, our team changed. And I would I would have him back in a heartbeat. Yeah. So who are we going to sign for back row then? We still need a back rower. Tyson Frizzell is another name tossed up. I can't see. Just bring him back. I can't see. I can't see his Tyson game. might come. Oh, no. Yeah. CHN. CHN's still the money, dude. We're hopeful. There's another player actually um, someone suggested we talk about as well, and I didn't know that much about uh, Morgan Smithies. He's from Wigan. He's Is that a, a real person? Yeah. Yeah. 22-year-old locker back row from, from Wigan. Uh, six foot one, 106 kilos, known as being a bit of a hothead. He's contracted with Wigan until the end of 2025. Oh, but so he, he recently... Signed on with Sam Ayub's management. There you go. And and although we don't have um a good relationship with um Sammy Ayub, no, no, we do with with Isaac Moses. We've got an excellent relationship with Sammy Ayub. Apart yeah. from the Milford days, I think Ricky and Sam Ayub. You can see that they're sort of they're a bit old school. They're a bit knockabout. Sort of you know they're cut from similar cloth. They're good mates. I'm led to believe. And if you look through um. Sam Ayub's, um like list of players on his roster, half of them are Raiders. Are they? Hudson Young, Hudson Young, Trey Mooney, Jordan Rapina, Harley Smith Shields. There's heaps. There's heaps oh, of, well. of of Ayub clients at our club. Bring them all. Just bring them all. Bring bring everyone we can. It's just we need a second. More as well, but this is the point. I'm saying we we don't have any spots in the top thirty. So we need it. We need to do a bit of a whiteboard and then bring in half of the Super League, and we'll be sweet. Yeah. You know, well, let's get rid of your old mate Kroger. He's played his three hundred. Whitehead's done. Yeah, I don't know how you. I don't know how you move on. You move on, Kroger and Whitehead. 
I mean, obviously both those guys you would offer roles at the club, you know, and they're absolutely people you'd want to keep around the club long-term. But yeah, it's, I think that um, next year would be one year too many for, for Elliot Whitehead. Yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. It's probably one year too many for both of them, but they've shown how much value they have to our club this year mm. that that's, Arguably the hardest conversation our clubs had to have with any player, let alone any two players, probably since Campisi, you know, mm. like like no matter what you think about Jared, whether you think he's the greatest player in our club's history or whether you think, you know, he's injured and he's lucky to be there, he's had such an effect on the on the playing roster he's this awesome, particular year. Yeah, awesome like guy. This, this particular year, his his effect on the side has been exceptional. But that that it's it's always the mark on Ricky, right? Like that that argument about passion only goes so far. Like if you light a match, yeah, it burns out at some point. And yeah. him grinding the axe and and him working players up through passion at a certain point that runs out and and well, that know, was the match thing at South Sydney. You know, he got him up to the grand yeah. final, and then they just went, okay, we're burnt out. You know, and then that's a huge question now that faces our club. Like Jared's three hundredth on the weekend. Like, when was the biggest? What's the what's the last weekend that we can all remember that's been as big as this last weekend in our club's history? It's twenty nineteen like, prelims. Twenty nineteen, and then prior to that, it's a very twenty sixteen. Did that big semi against the Sharks? You get the Sharks when yeah. they held, when they uh, held down Josh Hodgson. Yeah, but um, and it's fucking clap. Yeah, I know, motherfucker. But the it's it's. This next month is going to mean a lot. You know, we play, we have a bye this weekend, then we play yeah. the Roosters, and then we play three games, and then we have our next bye. So yeah, we've got Roosters on yep. Sunday, the 25th of June, 6 15 p.m. It's a funny time slot on a Sunday. Uh, then Saturday, the 1st of July, is, we're back at home against the Titans at 3 p.m. Yep. And then Friday, the 7th of July, um, the Dragons, uh, Wollongong at 8 p.m. Oh, wait. And then we no, have no, a bye. None of those are easy. No, but it's it's only a three game stint, right? And then we have another mm. buy, so it's it's a really interesting time for the club. And uh, you know, the the club could not be flatter than probably what happened on the weekend. You know, to build up like that and and then lose in that way that it's it's gonna it's gonna take a lot of energy to get us back up for that Roosters game. So it, uh, our season is going to be defined by the way that we play the first half in that game against the Roosters. I think. You know, there was so much energy yeah. put into that into that three hundred game against the against um, the Warriors, and for them to come out and completely dominate us. Uh, if we don't come out and we don't put in a good stint in that first half against the Roosters, you could probably write our season off. And mm. I'm not one for big statements, you know, because you know sport changes so quickly. But it's going to be so definitive, I think, in the way that we show up. Because we've we've won a lot of games close this year, and we've been blown out. That, and we've scored a lot of tries off kicks. There's there's a lot of statistics that if you look at the way that we play, there's a lot of statistics that say we're not going great. Yeah, the dam could break, and you know you can look at also and think, oh, you know, we're we we're bleeding for each other. We're passionate. We don't. We're two points off the top four. All this shit, you know, like you could say all this stuff, you know, like we we care about each other and. 
it's going to all those arguments, whether it's the passionate side or the statistical side, that's going to be shown in that first half against the Roosters because they're also going to need to win that game. So um, it's going to be interesting in about 10 days. We're technically still fourth, equal fourth. I didn't realize that. <laughs> With the points difference. <laughs> minus, minus 71. Minus 700. <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> Well it's, well, it's you know Danny Stewart's plan is for the club to finish in the top four with a with a negative <laughs> point differential and make history. It's never been yeah. done before. The other good thing too is that we we still have two buys coming up, so we we get two points this weekend, and you know we get two points in four weeks. So we are we are on the better half of that when it comes to the ladder. Um, there are a couple of teams that are below and look, us. We've that... of, of but of the teams that are above us. We've beaten the Broncos. We've beaten the Rabbitohs. We've beaten the Sharks. I know. The team, the one team that's above us that has a terrible record against top four sides is the Sharks. Yeah. The Sharks, yeah. everyone claims about how great they are in attack. They can't beat anyone in the top four. The one team below us that beats everyone in the top four, which is really weird because you wouldn't expect it because everyone thought they were flat track bullies, is actually Parramatta. Yeah, right. Parramatta have a really good record against top four teams, and Parramatta have a good four and against, so they're probably going to rise. Mm. Although they've got little D bags Brown sitting in the yeah. penitentiary, so who knows what happens there? But I still feel I, I feel like we're a top eight side. I'm after last weekend. I don't know if we're a top four or even a top six side, but I, I do feel like we we're a team that likes to get in the arm wrestle and if you're willing to get in the arm wrestle with us uh it's game on you know because we're all about um possession and and position you know we have a, a, as good a forward pack as anyone and then if it comes down to those 50-50 balls we're up for it you know certain teams have the ability to to blow other teams off the park and and we've seen that this year with what Penrith and and the Warriors but mm, you know disappointing well before we should, before we go for this week We've got merchandise. Head to rugbyleaguemerch.com. Uh, we've also got beanies, Raiders by 56 beanies. I saw some people wearing Raiders by 56 beanies um, at the game on Friday. I didn't even know who they were. So oh, there, well, you there you go. Yeah, that was, that was exciting. Uh, and yeah, if you're listening on um, iTunes or Spotify, make sure you subscribe. That way you'll never miss an episode and um, give us a five-star review while you're there if you can. Alrighty, Matt. Good talking to you. Good talking to you too, mate. It's been a long podcast. I'd like <laughs> to uh, apologize to anyone that's made it this far in the podcast. I've had a couple of drinks and uh, see you next week. Goodbye. Lake and the Pork. Lake and the Pork.